0: Hello everyone and welcome to the interview show here on Brands Tech. I hope that everyone's been doing well. It's been a little while, but we are back here today with the first interview uh, for the second season of the interview show. Right here, I'll be with my guest today, Daniel Phillips, in just one moment. So please stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Interview Show here on BrandSec. I hope that everyone has been doing well. So for today's guest, the first one for the second season of Interview Show, I have Daniel. Welcome.
1: Nice to meet you, or nice to see you. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, you're welcome. And so our topic for today is essentially the discussion of the latest video game consoles and and kind of like, like the technology behind it and how we see it going forward. And so to start off first of all, how are you today?
1: I'm doing great. Having a having a fantastic day. Very excited to be on here. I'm glad to hear it.
0: So so tell me a little bit about you know what you have seen lately, like prior to twenty twenty, like game consoles and like the way that video games have been going. Like have you seen like a change within the past several years leading up to um I guess now last year?
1: I think yeah i i think i have i think leading up to the release of this new console generation right you had just before this you had the xbox one ps4 you know they were exciting to some people disappointing the other to others but they afforded to some degree a level of of game fidelity that was not possible beforehand yeah. until uh you know right before this new console generation it felt like games were were very ready to take like the next leap forward mm-hmm. um it becomes something that like people had never really seen before but it felt like you know the, the 30 frames per second you know limit and kind of that it felt inhibited almost by those consoles now and i think everyone was ready for this new uh, generation to come out and i think now that it has come out we're gonna see some sort of like massive growth in game fidelity and you know graphics and stuff like that just because of you know, that inhibition from the consoles is totally gone now.
0: Definitely. And so, and so was um, 2020. Like when, when these, um, when that year came out, and I'm not sure why I mentioned it like a game, but when the year came around, did Mm -hmm. you notice like a big change when it comes to gaming? I know like a lot of Different conferences and events were all canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But Mm. did you notice like any big, like big changes within 2020 that really led to like this big change?
1: I I think what surprised a lot of people was that most people thought in terms of of gaming as a whole, that whole, you know, whether it be tech or just the games themselves, I think everyone thought this year was going to be horrible, um, especially because of, you know, the pandemic and stuff like that. Lots of games got canceled. New Halo game got canceled. Lots of stuff got canceled. But I think people were surprised by quite a few of the games that came out this year were actually really good. Um, probably some of the better we've seen in the last decade. Um, now, I'm not sure if that is it, if that is due to the, the new console generation, you know, starting to push things forward. I hope it is. I hope that's a trend that the new consoles will set for sure. But um, I definitely think I was surprised this year by kind of how that went. Because I thought all games that came out in 2020 were just going to be horrible uh, just because of work from home. But seeing that that isn't what happened and that, um, you know, some some of these companies managed to come up with some really solid games uh, is just really exciting to see going forward for sure. So kind
0: of like gaming was almost like the light of 2020 almost.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I think it was a big surprise for a lot of people and, and for a lot of people is probably what kept them sane during this whole thing. You know, I know, I know for me, uh, I spent a lot of time, you know, just gaming with my friends and stuff like that. And I think that that gave me, you know, a lot of normalcy, I guess, because otherwise I wouldn't have interacted with my friends at all. So.
0: Yeah. That's definitely something that I have heard lately that, you know, video games have become almost like the force to bring people together now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's sort of where yeah, as opposed to like, you know, do you want to see a movie or, you know, do you want to go somewhere? Cause you know, for safety reasons you can't really do that um right mm-hmm. now but it's almost like well what game do you want to play today and yeah
1: um, yeah for sure yeah you know, what time are you going to be on mm-hmm. exactly exactly that that you know i start pretty much every every day i hop in discord and i type in the in my friends um you know discord chat and i say anyone on um and then you know we can just kind of bounce in now and stuff like that so that's kind of how it's how it's been for for us for sure
0: definitely and so and kind of like what's interesting about that too is that there's even a spike in gaming for like non-gamers now Mm -hmm.
1: yeah Um, I, i think 2020 has definitely shown that like gaming as a medium is something that um is far more accessible and a lot more fun than a lot of skeptics would have believed it to be you know a lot of people just didn't have interest in it but I think the rise in games like Fall Guys, Among Us, which everyone has played, um, you know, things like that have really, like, kind of bridged that gap and made people realize, like, oh, there's actually a lot of fun to be had here, for sure.
0: Definitely. And, like, I've noticed, like, in recent years, I could be wrong about this, because, yeah, I had a discussion with someone earlier about, state of, like, mobile games. Mm-hmm. And, like, personally for me as a non-gamer, like, you yeah, know, I haven't heard a lot about mobile games lately, like, in the past several you know, years really. Um, but I heard uh, otherwise from some people that it's actually has been taking off. So, what are you? What are your thoughts about what like, the state's of mm-hmm. mobile games now?
1: I personally don't play so this year. I haven't like in any way. You know, if that if that is all anyone has access to, um, in terms of like, am I lagging out? I might be lagging out. Um, if that is all that anyone has access to in terms of like their phone or whatever, and they can still play games with each other, I think that's something that's really cool.
0: Yeah definitely like yeah you know, being able to you know to partake in a lot of these games you know i feel like it's almost been where yeah you know, it's like what starts people off like yeah like you said you had those those mobile games which you know they're out there but you know kind of as you said they're not really like like for gamers really mm-hmm. you know they're just sort of out there but definitely can get someone like started off like yeah you know, i really like this yeah. mobile game so now i'm gonna go ahead and You know, maybe try, like, Animal Crossing on the Switch now.
1: Yeah. Or, like, you know, like, Among Us. Like, that that has a mobile version. I think a lot of people who would never have had a mobile game before probably got Among Us this year. Because it's, like, the perfect game to play with friends in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, I'm probably, like, one of the only people who haven't, actually. (laughs) But, yeah, I've definitely seen, like, that rise, you know, over the past several months. And it, like I said, it really is just interesting seeing how things have progressed lately. And so, what are your thoughts about like, the newest like technological changes that have been occurring, like in the different consoles coming out? And and then also like one of the things that like I guess that I hear all the time is that is a supposed war between like the Xbox and the PlayStation, PC, all of that. So, do you have a particular like? Stance in that, I
1: guess. So, if you had asked me uh, two years ago uh, where I stood on that, I would have said Xbox all the way. Yeah. Um, now I play on PC. Um, I don't regret that choice. I think it was great. But I, I think one of the things that I'm most excited for with these new consoles is, is that um, at least on Xbox's side, right? They're trying to almost yeah. bridge that divide, make it, you know, less of a competition of, oh, you know one's got to be better than the other and more of let's try and make these all work together. And I think that's something that really excites me um, because I would love to just have it be way easier for me to just play people, play with people, whether or not they play on PC or PS4 or Xbox, um, because I don't personally care. You know, we're all just trying to have have fun. Um, And in terms of the tech behind them, I think it's really exciting to see because we we saw a leap in what was originally a 30 frames per second cap on pretty much any game you played right on a console. I was all you got, you know? Um, and now we're seeing a jump to 60, you know, even 120 in some games, which is just, it's extremely exciting to see that leap in processing power and have it still be so affordable for people. Because previously, those kind of technological things would only be cap- uh, possible on like, you know, $1,200, $1,500, even more uh, PC. And I think it's really exciting to see people be able to get something that's, you know, at least af- affordable and be able to enjoy. You know the highest fidelity and the highest strength of gaming that a lot of people on PC would have experienced for years, but yeah. was never quite afforded on the, on the consoles.
0: Yeah, definitely. And yeah, and like you just mentioned that, you know, that divide that exists between like, you know, PC gaming and console gaming, and how Microsoft, you know, using Xbox, the Xbox brand, you know, mm-hmm. is trying to bridge that gap and bring it all bring it all together. And so do you think that this is a good progression for gaming going forward?
1: Yeah, I think you bring up a great example with Microsoft because that's exactly what they're trying to do. You know, I mean, I have X, I'm logged into Xbox live on my Xbox and my computer now, you know, Um, I I could definitely see, I think that's again, exciting because it's, we're definitely moving in that direction of less being separate cells of Xbox gamers, PS4 gamers and PC gamers. It's, it's kind of this new, this new direction we're heading and just everyone playing together on whatever they play on. Um, and I think that's just, that's just really exciting uh, and really cool for sure.
0: Yeah. Like, especially like being able to like bring in all of these new different devices and stuff and being able to, you know, use each of them to be able to you know, bring a different like type of experience. And I believe that, you know, this year, well, I guess last year and this year, you know, this is the time where we're almost getting to the point where everything's like pretty flexible. Like you don't have to always have like the newest, you know, the newest and greatest console in order to play, you know, whatever game and that you can Mm -hmm. almost like bring your own equipment. Like if you want, you know, a PC with an Xbox controller, you can do that. If you Mm -hmm. want, you know, the the Xbox, you know, the Xbox One or just the brand new Series X, the Xbox Series X, Mm-hmm. You know, that it all sort of works, and I know Microsoft is actually, yeah, as I just mentioned, is is even doing that, where you don't have to get the latest console for everything.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's that, that sort of backwards compatibility is just so cool. You know, um, they're just trying to make it. It seems like we're moving in the direction of no matter what you play on or how you play, we should all be able to play together. And that's just that's just something that I think is so cool, you know, that that Microsoft isn't saying, OK, we are canceling all support for anything that isn't the Series X right now. Yeah. You know, which is, I think, something that some people may have expected to happen. Um, I wouldn't have happened for a few years, maybe, but we saw it with the 360. Right. You know, a, yeah. a few years after it, it was like, OK, we're, we're canceling that. That's not something we're going to support anymore. Um, and I think it's exciting for them to be moving in this direction of, OK, you can get the Series X if you want, but we're going to do our best to make sure that. You can still enjoy those games on your old consoles if that's all you can you can get, you know, or if that's what you enjoy playing on. Um, it's just really cool. I think that's just really with this new console generation. I think that's just a cool new direction that everything's moving, and it just really excites me.
0: Yeah, like even for me as a non gamer, like that's even like exciting to hear. And I did like you know different research and stuff to be able to really like understand it and to be able to appreciate that you know, that Microsoft is doing that. Mm. And even, you know, seeing them like, one trend I've seen from Microsoft, you know, across the board lately, ever since about 2014 is the slow progression of, you know, working with other companies, even if they are like direct competitors, mm-hmm. to be able to like, you know, ensure that like, everyone is able to, you know, to use their products so because they have like a very powerful position. And mm-hmm. so they don't want to you know, hold it off and say, you know, you need to go by, like, the new Surface Pro in order to use, like, yeah, yeah, everything. It's like, you know, like, even if you have a Mac, you can still use Office and, you know, Mm -hmm. and have that connection. And so, like, even a few months ago, I believe, um, not too long ago, that Microsoft even allowed for, like, Steve from Minecraft to appear on Super Smash Brothers from Nintendo. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's stuff like that, man. Um, it's, it's stuff like that. I think everyone has been surprised this year with how Microsoft has moved in that, like extremely, I guess the word is like friendly, you know, this, this friendly manner that they've started like holding themselves in. Um, you know, I remember seeing on the PS5 launch day, Xbox put out a thing congratulating Sony on launching the PS5. And yeah. I, that was something that like, you know, when the Xbox one came out a few years ago, that never would have happened. You yeah. know, that never would have happened. Um, it, the, it was just the console war was was too deep at that point. But I think that the fact that we're seeing stuff like that, especially out of Microsoft, Sony's still being a little aloof right now. Um, but the fact that we're seeing that out of Microsoft is just really, it's really cool. You know, just them being accepting of like, we don't care what you have. We just want us all to be able to enjoy the same stuff together. And that's really cool.
0: Definitely. Like, yeah, that brings up such a great point. and And actually that was going to be one of the next things I was gonna ask you is like, do you see Sony moving in this direction anytime soon? You know, similar to how Microsoft is, or do you see them trying to hold out a little more on being console exclusive?
1: You know, I think I think Sony knows they have it made in the console exclusive genre, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I think part of the reason why we're seeing Xbox trying to explore these new, you know, paths of of, of spreading The Xbox brand, not just the Xbox console, but the Xbox brand, is because they know that that's how they're going to compete against against Sony right now. And I don't really see any reason for Sony to follow the same progression because their their selling point is and always has been exclusives. Um, You know, you could they'd say sure, you can get an Xbox, you'd get some games, but a lot of the cool games you'll see your friends playing on PS4 or PS5. You know you're not going to be able to have access to um and i think that's that's pro i just don't see them having any motivation to move away from that at all because that's how they're making their money and uh, again i think the only reason microsoft is doing what they're doing is because they're trying to find new ways to um you know compete with sony in that way and they're just trying to take a whole new business tact because they know that sony has that one locked down right now
0: yeah definitely and do you see like the i guess gaming wars between them You know, really continuing like five years from now, or do you think like it would have disappeared by now? Like, where do you see this progression going?
1: I I think, I think there will be a certain population of people who want the console wars to continue, but people just like arguing about things. But I, I don't see it being like a legitimate, uh, you know, it used to be almost promoted by the two by Sony and Microsoft, it was almost something that was like that widespread that the companies themselves were getting into it a little bit, but now it seems like, um, it's really, it's, it's moving on from that point. And it's just individuals trying to like, you know, beat their chest and say, Oh, ours is better. But, um, I, I can see that both of these companies are going their own separate ways a little bit in how they're handling their business models. And I see them both just kind of, you know, nodding their heads at each other, acknowledging each other for what they're doing and just deciding, you know, we're going to, put this whole war thing behind. We're just going to do what we're going to do and we're going to let people, you know, play games because that's what we enjoy, that's what they enjoy and I think that's probably how it's going to go in the future.
0: Definitely. So almost like a, you know, like a console war more or less like drawn by the users as opposed by the companies now.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Wow. And so, you know, in more recent years we have seen a lot more games being, you know, more exclusive, well, not necessarily exclusive to digital, but going more in the route where you don't need the physical game, that you can just download it, like, in the the virtual store. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, even, like, for, you know, certain other types of content where it's almost, like, impossible to really find it, like, really, like, in a physical format now where, Mm -hmm. you know, we're going towards this digital, like, even Google now has their new Stadia console that is completely... (laughs) Digital. So what are your thoughts about this and the essential exclusion of physical media, like, in the direction that seems to be going?
1: So I grew up on discs, right? Getting the game on the disc, you know, slotting it into the Xbox 360 and just playing it. Um, And for sure, that's something I'll miss. uh, Because now that I play on PC, I I don't use discs anymore. I only download my games. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do certainly miss having the disc there's just something special about like yeah. you know on christmas or or your birthday or something asking for you know a game and you get to unbox it you get yeah. to like hold it in your hand you can look at the box and read it if you go to GameStop, you can read the back of the box or like the pamphlet that comes inside on the on the car ride home or whatever there's something magical about that for sure and i will miss it but um i think there's also something to be said about the accessibility that comes with just being able to download it you know, being like, yeah. put in my money, wait two hours, the game is mine. Um, you know, you don't have to go out and get it, you don't have to wait until your birthday, you yeah. know, stuff like it's 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 easier in that way. Um, and a lot of people have been knocking Stadia, to be honest, because it's it's maybe not a flawless thing yet. And I think they yeah. had some issues with their release that maybe could have been resolved early on. But I think as a concept, right, the idea of you don't even need any sort of actual Computing device, yeah, to be able to play any game, you know, you just need an internet connection and a little Stadia box to plug into your TV or whatever. I think that's so cool. Yeah. You know, that's something that really excites me because it's like the fact that I could just say, okay, I'm gonna play, you know, God of, like, I can't play God of War, but like I could play like PUBG right now, right? Um, and just go play like two hours of PUBG, and then without downloading any other game, I can just swap to another one, you know, and just play whatever I want. And I think that's super cool. Um. So I I honestly hope to see that succeed in the future. A lot of people are knocking it, but I hope to see it kind of take off and have some success.
0: Yeah, like I'm really interested in seeing how this goes forward, and yeah, you know, to see if it really can get that popular, yeah, the popularity of it going. Mm-hmm. And like with the current state of things, do you see it ever becoming like a real like competitor? Do you think it's almost like in a realm of its own almost in terms of where it where it fits in the current gaming like the gaming ecosystem
1: almost it's hard to say now with where stadia is at and yeah. it being kind of a joke for a lot of people uh, but i'll start off by saying it's google right yeah. and if google doesn't want it to fail it's not gonna because it's google but um, i i i don't necessarily see it being as big of a competitor as um, you know, the Xbox or the PS4 or a PC or something like that. Before we started recording this, we were talking about the Pixel, the Google yeah. Pixel. You know, it's a phone for some people that might want it, but it's not up there with its competitors, you know, Apple and Samsung, right? Yeah. I, th- I see Stadia being in the same kind of thing. It's a very niche thing that will have a devoted, I think, following of people that use it and love it. Um, but I don't ever see it being quite as big or exciting or... Um, you know interesting as the other as the other consoles for sure
0: yeah and i like how you put that like i feel like especially because of the digital atmosphere that we're in right now like partially due to you know the ongoing covid-19 pandemic yeah you know, that we're we're going to enter an age almost of you know more personalized experiences Yeah, you know, across the board from just your know, regular technology to gaming you know where you're Yeah, as I've mentioned before, like how you can use either a PC or Xbox for, you know, for gaming, you know, where you're really almost able to bring, you know, whatever you have to the table and be able to use that for your experience. And so, you know, like you said, for Pixel, you know, it doesn't matter what phone you really have and, you know, in modern times, as long as you have a phone that works for you. Mm -hmm. And so... Probably the same regards to the games, as long as you're able to play the game. It doesn't really matter what system you have.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with that. I think it's, I think Stadia will be its own thing. I think it'll have success in its own way. Um, And honestly, I think it's best to just let it do that. I think the moment it tries to compete, it tries to say, oh, we're better than PS4. Oh, we're better than Xbox is the moment it dies. Right. Because right now the gaming community is happy to let that be its own little niche thing off to the side that they don't have to look at. Um, But as soon as it tries to insert itself, the gaming community is going to pound it to the ground, kill it, and leave it for dead. You know? Um, So I think letting it just be its own thing, letting it have a devoted community of people who just enjoy it for what it is and like having that easy accessibility um, and just letting that be. I I don't think it it has any reason to try and be a competitor either.
0: Yeah. That seems like a similar marketing strategy to how um atari is doing with their new atari vcs console i'm not sure if you've heard about it but you know in recent years they have come out with a crowdfunded console which you know is now luckily finally you know shipping out to people and stuff but where they're not trying to compete like with xbox or with playstation like that's not their intention their intention is to have a good for them like hybrid like well, for them, it's their hybrid is a computer gaming console hybrid mm-hmm. you know, device that's able to run both, you know, like legacy games and new, you know, and some newer games. You know, but they're not trying to compete per se, but they do want to assert themselves within the market for yeah. their audience.
1: I think you could even say to a certain degree the same thing about the Nintendo Switch, right? Yeah. Um, it has what it has. It has Nintendo's games. It's it's very Nintendo focused. And everybody knows that, that Switch ports of console or PC games are typically not the best. Yeah. Um, because it's it's great for running the games that it's it's meant to run. but When yeah. you start putting other things on it, it's just not built for that. Um, and Nintendo knows that. The gaming community knows that. So if I want to play, you know, something like crazy, you know, say the Doom 2016 had a Switch port, right? Yeah. My, my experience playing that on Switch is going to be abysmal. I'm going to hate it. Um, so I'm not going to buy a Switch yeah. <laughs> to go play Doom 2016. Um, and I, I think, I think again, Nintendo is happy to let the Switch be what it is and let yeah. it have its community. Because Nintendo is always going to have a devoted community. So I, I think they're happy to let that community enjoy the games it has, Breath of the Wild, Smash Brothers, all those things, because it's really great. Um, and then just let the rest of those games and the rest of the consoles you know, duke it out in their own way.
0: Yeah, I like the way that you put that. Yeah, because it really almost is like its own market, really. It's not really there. Yeah, you know, of course, like I said, it does compete as in the sense that, you know, most people just can't buy, like, all free consoles, like, you know, mm-hmm. at, all at once. So, you know, it might compete in the sense that, you know, which one do you buy first? But, you know, it's not really on the same playing field as, as like, Microsoft and Sony are with their respective consoles.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's just a totally different experience you get with Switch. And it's a great experience. Um I I don't personally have one I've considered getting one, but, um, it's, it's a totally different experience than anything you get anywhere else. It's, it's mobile, but it's also not mobile. It's, you know, family friendly friend, you know, easy to use with your friends and stuff like that. It's great. Um, but it's not trying to be anything, you know, that it's not, you know, it's, it's just, it is what it is. And they, they have a market and they have, you know, they know what they want to do with it. And they're happy to, if they have to wait five years, for a, for a big game to get a Switch port, then they'll wait, you know, yeah. because they have games coming out on their Switch already that they could just, they could just work with. So um, I, I think that could be related easily to the Stadia and, you know, all kinds of different things of just existing on their own as their own thing and just, you know, budding out of the console war, for sure.
0: Yeah, and, you know, one thing about that is, like, I know earlier on within the um, 21st century, like, we had the original... We, which was made as like this yeah. uh, family, you know, a very family friendly console. And yeah, it could mm-hmm. do a lot of a lot of great stuff, but it's yeah, it almost like brought, you know, gaming to the family because usually yeah. that's not two things that you really correlate. Mm-hmm. And I've had someone previously in our discussion like say that, you know, we are now at a point where you know we don't really need a whole console to do that but rather it's inspired different games to be more family oriented as opposed to a full on mm-hmm. console and so do you see another like specialized console like coming to like i guess change the way that we think about gaming coming anytime soon from any any manufacturers
1: i don't see a sony or or xbox really I think if a game comes out that's family-friendly, that will work on a console, then Sony and Xbox will be more than happy to pick it up, right? Yeah. Um, but I see right now the family-friendly thing being the Switch, and I think that will always be Nintendo's area. Their games are family-friendly, you know, they're not gory, they're not overly violent, yeah. um, you know, they're fun. They got, like, look at Mario Kart, right? That's that's a kind of just family-friendly, fun, you know, silly experience that you only get from Nintendo, and the switch makes that kind of thing so accessible you just stick it in and it's on the tv you just pull the little things off and then you're just playing with your family you know they they make it that's one of the main things behind the design of of the switch is it's meant to be you know family friendly um so i see that being nintendo's area of expertise for sure and i think the switch will stay around for a while longer so i anticipate that that will be the family friendly console for if that's what you want to call it for um yeah, the next few years at least.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you know, something I did want to you know briefly touch on is, you know, with I said with everything constantly changing, like with with technology and with you know the world as a whole. You know, with we're living now in a time where things can really change, like in the matter of days, weeks, and I mean even overnight, as we um, saw back last year. But do you see, like, like where do you see the position in gaming, like, going forward? Do you still see it as a thing, like, for gamers and gaming enthusiasts? Or do you see that more heading towards something that, like, anyone that anyone really does for their free time?
1: I, I see it becoming... I was thinking about this earlier. I don't know why I was thinking about it, but I was. I, I see it becoming less of a... Look at TV, right? Television. When I'm playing a video game, I'm I'm frankly, in a lot of ways, doing the same thing I'm doing when I'm watching Netflix. And Mm -hmm. watching Netflix is a very commonly performed and accepted pastime, right? A lot of people, when they have nothing else to do or they spend time every day watching Netflix because that's what they do. Now, I think gaming is often looked at as kind of this like nerdy, like strange thing that a lot of people don't understand. But I I think especially after this year and in the coming years, we're going to see it become more of like something that people just do in their free time and it's not strange you know it should it's not going to be something that people kind of snicker at or google at when you say you know my favorite hobby is playing video games you know because there's tons of people that say my favorite hobby is watching netflix you know um and i think i think we're going to see in the coming years it becoming more of like i play video games by free time and that's just something that people do you know
0: yeah that is a really great analogy yeah and we'll be right back in just one moment with the interview show stay tuned Okay, and so I am um, still here with Daniel. And so, what are your what are some of your final you know thoughts, questions, um, or anything that you have in regards to you know even this topic of of our game you know gaming consoles and how it's going forward, or just anything in general?
1: Um, I I think what I like to say last is kind of touch on what what we had just talked about a little bit and saying that I'm really excited to see gaming as an entertainment a form of entertainment as a medium as whatever you want to call it becoming far more mainstream you know and i think yeah. it is i think even with with games like fortnite you know really popular video game becoming an actual genuine part of of culture now you know it's not it's it's slowly losing this thing of being a niche thing that only like you know losers who live in their mom's basement do um, and it's becoming more of this this thing that, you know, anyone can do, anyone can take part of. There is there is something in gaming for everyone. There's a game for everyone. Um, you know, and I'm really excited to see that, you know, gaming kind of shrug off that idea of it being that niche thing and, and have people start uh, being drawn to it. Um, because, you know, it, it really is a fantastic medium, especially with this, these new consoles and stuff like that, the amount of things that are possible coming forward um, I'm just I'm just very excited to see how it grows as more people come to it you know what games start coming out you know and I'm, I'm excited to just see fresh life breathed into into video games it's, it just excites me um, hopefully in the next you know decade or so we're gonna see it explode like never before and that, that yeah. it's just very exciting to me
0: yeah like definitely and like the way that you mentioned that is almost sort of like the same stigma like you know a lot of people used to think about like tech people you know, just, yeah, you know, oh, those people with the computers. But I mean, look at where we are today. I mean, mm-hmm. we're practically having to use our devices and technology to perform our everyday lives, especially mm-hmm. now in twenty twenty one. And so, you know, I definitely can um, can see that happening um, with gaming within the coming years.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that, that just it excites me so much. It's gonna be great when, when it explodes like that. It's gonna be amazing.
0: Yeah, definitely. And And sort of like with that, is there any, I don't know, is there almost like, like, do you see yourself like, and so um, hopefully when this happens, you know, do you see yourself like, you know, taking gaming up as more like on a, you know, more personal level? Or for you, is it still more, do you still want it to be more so like a pastime thing?
1: Um, I think as I get older, it'll probably become less of a part of my life just out of necessity. I think other things will take my attention um, and, and, you know, I probably won't be able to spend as much time at it, on it as as I normally do, but I always see it being a part of something that I enjoy. You know, I, I think there's just so much to be had, so much to experience in, in gaming that, um, you know, I don't think I can ever really let go of it. I think it's it's become too much a part of me now for me to uh, to move on from it, but I, I can see in, in the future, you know, for me at least, it becoming less, less of something that I do quite as often. But I don't think its impact on me and other people really ever go away.
0: Yeah, that is a good way of putting it. Thank you so much, Daniel, for being my guest today on the interview. This has been a great episode, and I'm so glad I was able to
1: talk to you. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. It was a great time.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you all so much for listening to today's um, interview show. I hope you all enjoyed it, and I'll catch you all later. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you all later.